Recorded live. Hey everybody, this is Stefan Gonick from singletosoulmate.me and we are here for our inaugural, in, inaugural, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, those words you see written, I don't hear to speak of that often. Our first session, our first session is, a, is in our live group calls. So um very excited to be starting this journey together with all of you. So uh, I just want to start by acknowledging how big a deal this is for all of you that you've signed up. And I'd like you all to, to think about that for yourselves. You know, you've all made a major commitment to your personal growth and healing by signing up for and being part of the Soulmate Attraction Intensive. You know, in this program, you're going to be facing and healing your core life wounds so that you can free your heart for your ultimate love. So, you know, this is can be very exciting and it can be scary. And I just want to honor you for the commitment you have made to your love life. This is, this is a really big deal. And I encourage you guys to also honor yourselves in that way. And in fact, I'd like to start by giving you a little guided imagery experience. So what I'd like everybody to do is to close your eyes and think about where you've been in your love life. You know, anybody who's part of this program has had a challenging love life. That's where we all start. And I just want you to notice that things have been hard for a long time. And what makes you different from 98% of the population is that you've chosen to do something about it. And not just something, something. Like lots of times people you know, buy a book and read you know, which is nice, that's a good thing. Or some people, you know, will try and take action by doing dating sites or whatever. You know, most people don't take any action at all. And some people do take some action. But the kind of action you're taking by being a part of this program is huge. This is a really big action. You've joined a five-month-long program where we're going to be doing deep healing, facing our inner demons and healing them you can break free from being attracted to the wrong people, clear your fears and limiting beliefs that are keeping you from your ideal partner, you can finally be with your soulmate at the end of this journey. Just sort of imagine all the things that might happen along this journey facing some scary things. Maybe some intense feelings that come up sometimes. When they do, we'll have EFT to help release them and get relief quickly. And then come to a whole new place. And like the clouds parting and the sunshine shining down. Your heart is now open and clear and free. 
now the people who come into your life are so different, so dramatically different than what you've experienced before. Even if before you meet your final partner, just the quality of the people that you're relating to, going dates with, things like that, just night and day different. feels like you've entered a whole new world. It's really amazing. And then ultimately, this one very special person appears in your life. And the connection is amazing. One of those things where you feel like it feels brand new and like you've known this person for a long time at the same time. is at the end of our journey together. I just want you to feel how special this journey is. This is such a big deal. And so few people do this. You're a special group who have decided to do this. I honor you and congratulate you. So I encourage you to uh, go ahead and take a deep belly breath. And I'd like to uh, actually hear from a couple of you what it feels like being here being in this live program, any experience you might have just had uh, from this little guided imagery we did together. And the way we do that is, it depends if you phoned in or listening online. If you phoned in, you press star 8 to let me know you want to talk, and then I call on you. And if you're online, just start typing chat messages. And there's uh, one little weirdness, though, in the chat system, and that is it cuts you off after four lines. So if you want to type something that's longer than four lines, type in four lines, hit the submit button, then type in some more lines, and keep doing that until you get your message uh, all fully expressed. Um, but otherwise, you'll get cut off. And for those of you who are chatting, I'll read the chat out loud so the people on the phone will know what you said, and I'll respond out loud so we, so we all can hear. Um, <clears throat> let's see, we have uh, a first phone person. There you go. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're there. Um, Stephen, this is Sandy, and I can hear you on the phone, but I'm not able to access you on the web. I'm just It just keeps saying join in, and I keep pressing it, and nothing happens. Okay, but, you are, but the phone's working fine. For you. Yeah, the phone's working fine. Okay, good. Um, so I'm sorry for anybody who's having trouble getting in on the web. Um, mm-hmm. And it's though it's way better to do this on the phone. Okay, good. Do it on the web anyway. I, it's uh, highly preferable because notice we can talk to each other. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Uh, also, just to remember for everybody, my name is actually Stefan rather than Stephen. What did I call you? Stephen. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so they asked the question, how does it feel being here and, and what did you experience in this guided imagery? Um, you know, it felt good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I was all the way there where you were, you know, but I was trying. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, for some, you know, there's, the the place that we start from is can make it difficult to go to the end. Yeah. Right? It's kind yeah. of like I'm here because I've been frustrated for so long. Yes. Right? And I've been trying so hard for years. Right. And nothing's been working, and now I'm finally trying this at a hope exactly. that it's going to work. Yeah. And it can be hard to just sort of even, for, for, for a lot of people, it can be hard to even imagine the outcome. Like mm-hmm. It feels like a distant dream that I can't even get in touch with. That's right. Is that kind of what it was like for you? Yeah. All right. So I'm guessing that's probably true for at least half the people on the call. So, you know, it's a pretty common experience. You know, some people, right. they'll, they're able to do it for, for whatever reason, that they can, you know, go through the whole guide imagery. At the end, they're just sort of, their heart's going, oh, I just imagine this amazing person and stuff. And it feels really good to them. And some people, it's hard to even go there. And that's per- perfectly natural. Okay. So, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about that? No, I'm just relieved to be on the call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, see, this is it. This is our beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, good. Well, well, cool. Thank you for sharing that. So, what I'm going to do is go ahead and um, I'll mute you and, and see if there's anybody else who'd like to share a little bit, and then we'll, we'll move no, on. No, I won't be able to hear them, right? Oh, sure. You'll be able to, yeah, you'll be able to On the phone? Them. Okay. Yeah, everybody can hear you right now. Okay. You'll be able to hear them, too. Okay. Right. So would anybody else like to share? Um, like I say, if you're, if you're chat, you know, on the online, you can chat. And okay. Now, when I call on you, you're going to hear a little voice that says, you are now unmuted, and you'll be the only person to hear that. So when you hear that, just go ahead and start talking. Hey, Stefan, this is uh, Rita, or Stefan, hey. rather. I know somebody Stephane. named Stefan, so I always get it all screwed up. Um, so no, this actually, Stefan is good, too. Stefan yeah, is good. Right, I like good, them both. Stefan, Stefan. So uh, I'm uh, excited about this journey. Um, I've done other journeys. I did the Breakthrough Program with you in January. Uh-huh. So uh, that was an online. It wasn't, um, it wasn't live, but um, it was profound for me. And so it, this is a little scary because... Well, actually, it couldn't, it couldn't possibly be more profound than that one was, but I think they'll take a little slower pace on this one. Um, but uh, the guided imagery, I've, you know, I've done lots of work, and I can imagine my soulmate in my life. And uh-huh. so I'm looking forward to this next few months of uh, clearing out and removing any other obstacles that are in my way. Yay, good. So it's great that you're also able to feel the, uh, you know, able to get to all the way to the end of the guided imagery. That's great. And of course, like you say, you've, you are, you've already been through the breakthrough program. And for those people who don't know what that is, it's a, a six-week uh, recorded program of pri- a prior six-week live programs I ran in the past. I, I ran a six-week program that I called at that time the Finding the Love You Want Breakthrough Program, and I ran it three times, and I collected all the recordings together and made it into a little recorded product. Um, and you've already been through that, and you want to continue it by joining this program. So it's 
wonderful to have you. And as you said, you've already gone through a lot just by being through the other one. Yep, yep. So it's good. This will be a good thing. All right, cool. And it's going to go a lot further than the, uh, the last one. It's got three modules the other one doesn't even have. And, of course, it's five months program instead of six weeks. No, I, I think this is going to be great for everybody. Thank yeah. you for doing it. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's see. we got another person. Who are you? Hi, this is Sandra. Hey, Sandra. Hi. Um, I actually wanted to also just give you input. I tried to call in on the passcode that was provided. It didn't work. Oh. Um, it said it was the wrong ID number. So then I went to TalkShoe, and then I started the web, and I kept getting cut off. So there was a passcode on that, a different number with a PIN, and that's actually what I got in on. I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, uh, if people, uh, I'm sorry if I somehow gave a wrong pin. Um, I am. I did notice that people were a little slow to get on the call, um, which was unusual for our very first call. So I apologize uh, if I made a mistake about that. Um, oh, it isn't a problem. I just wanted you to know. So for future calls, I think we need a pass. We we need a pin. We need two numbers to get on, and they were completely different from what what that was. The pin. Said. The PIN, so there's a, a call ID. So the one that was provided on the Internet was the 724-444-7444, and then there was one number. That's the phone number, out. right. It was 133731. That didn't work, but when you go on TalkShoe, it provided the same call-in number, and then it provided a different uh, passcode of 141356, and then it provided a PIN, and that got me into the call no problem. So huh. that seems to be the one to get in on, not the first one. Okay. Well, I uh, am bummed. Oh, yeah, I have as one three three seven three one, right? Yeah, that one doesn't work. Oh, but then the other number is one four one three five six, and that is it. Right, with the pin oh. afterward. Afterward. Right. Yeah, I made a mistake. I can see that. No problem. So no, I just feel bad for anybody who, therefore, wasn't able to get in on the call. So for those of you who are online and the phone-in didn't work, uh, you can phone in uh, using that other number. So the other number, um, whoops, let me just bring it back up again for myself, is 141356. Okay, so it's... So you call in, and when it asks you for the call ID, it's 141356, and then the pound key. Um, and then that will get you into this same call on the phone rather than listening online. Actually, so, you then need to enter the PIN, Stefan, after that. Well, the PIN, if you're a guest, is just one pound, and it tells you that. If you're, if you're calling oh, a guest, okay. just do one pound. And if, you have, if you're a member of TalkShoe, then you use your own personal PIN. Got it. Whatever that is. All right. So I uh, I really apologize that I messed up. Huh. Oh well. So um, anyway, luckily a lot of people seem to have figured it out because I have a lot of people who did phone in. And like I say, for those of you who are listening online and you weren't able to phone in, you can go ahead and phone in, and, and I'll take care of it. All right, so anyway, thank you for letting me know. I really appreciate it. And again, I apologize for my, for my mistake. Okay. 
Let's see if we have another person. Okay. Anda? Hello. Hi, Anda. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Great. So how do you feel being the program and uh what'd you get from the guided imagery? Well, it's been for me it's been quite a, an interesting experience because I kinda have had an intuitive um knowledge since I was like in high school that there was something inside of me blocking me from having the kind of relationship I wanted. And I just started thinking about relationships. That was like my kind of the end of grade school, the beginning of high school. I was thinking about boys and having a relationship. And I kind of knew back then, I kind of remember distinctively being in a car and, you know, walking and, you know, just looking out the window and realizing that I have something inside of me that was preventing me from having what I wanted from that early stage in life. And afterwards, it turns, turned out that I was right. And from then on, I, I continuously um, started searching for means to kind of change myself. And again, I had no idea any kind of personal development, anything. And I definitely didn't know about EFT or absolutely anything. I just knew I had to work something that was unknown to me inside that was preventing me from from having what I wanted in a relationship. And it took me about 10 years of searching online and books and everything I could get my hands on. And I just, and the moment I did that, it was so amazing. I I kind of knew, I, I felt the shift that were like, you know, from one moment to the other, it was so, you know, profound and you can, you like close your eyes and pretend it didn't happen, you know, you just experience it. And it took me about five more years or so to to find a program that was designed for relationships, like, uh, how do you call it, like, relationship EFT or something like that, and can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I hear you fine. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of been searching for something like this for a really long time, and I... I kind of hope this is what I've been looking for all of this time because, you know, my relationship really, I knew I I wasn't ready to get what I wanted. And in this last, like, 10 or 15 years, it turns out I was right. And, yeah, I didn't get what I wanted for whatever reason it was. But, you know, I also, in the meantime, <laughs> I was searching for a way to transform myself. And it kind of worked on every other aspect of my life. I mean, 
except for this one. <laughs> like this is my this is my last frontier. This is what I've been looking for, the last thing I ever like kind of wanted. And you know, since I've been using EFT, all of my friends say that you know you just have to if if you say something, if you say you want something, or if you say you kind of like or wanted some sort of experience, after a quite short time, it out of the blue, it happens to you. There, even they notice, even though, even though they don't know I do EFT, you know? Yeah. So, Anda? Yes. I am very glad that you found my program, and you found EFT originally, and, and now you found my program, you know, the Soulmate Attraction Intensive, that's going to be really helpful, and it sounds like that you're really glad that you're here. And yes, I am. Is I I actually I don't I actually don't <laughs> want to give my hopes up, <laughs> but it for me it kind of feels like this is it. This is what I've been wanting my whole life. I I wanted a deep relationship, but I think I wasn't really ready to get one because I was sure. a little bit young, and you know I kind of wanted to like have the freedom that being single offers you or not being really committed offers you. But so, now, you know, I hit my 30s and I think I really am ready. And this is the perfect time to actually, you know, as my friend said, the moment I really want something, it kind of happens. Yeah. And this is how I got your program <laughs> because, you know, hey. I said, this is it. I really am going to give this the best shot I've got. All right. Well, that's fantastic. And thank you so much for all that. <laughs> so I got some more people. And I'm going to go ahead and mute you now. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so I, I'm going to move on to the next thing we're going to talk about, but there's a couple people who typed in chat messages, and I just want to read what they said, and then I'm going to go ahead and move on to new stuff. Um, Anna, well, someone whose name is Anagram said, I sometimes feel doubts that I will ever clear all of my blocks. I feel I own them, but they are so many. But I'm noticing a lot of changes. Uh, I find it hard to open my heart to the changes. So it is, it's natural to feel discouraged. Like I say, most of us on, on the call have been struggling with this stuff for years. So it makes sense that you feel discouraged. And, you know, the... That's just that's natural. And going through the program, as you start to experience more changes and, you know, experience healing working for you, then most people start getting more and more hopeful. So I wouldn't even worry about being hopeful yet. I mean, Anda sounds very hopeful, and some people are afraid to be hopeful. And that's okay, too, because it will all shift for everybody as you go through the program. And people will start feeling better and better and more and more hopeful. That was true just with the six-week version, so I can say that with, with great confidence in a five-month version. Uh, let's see. And then one person, uh, Lewis, said, uh, surely, unfortunately, you got cut off from the four-line thing. So surely that should be temporary blocks I'm suffering from rather than, quote, my blocks, which means, and then it got cut off there. So all the people online, if you're typing chat messages, it only shows me the first four lines of text, and then it cuts it off after that. So if, it, if you have something to say it takes more than four lines, just keep typing in four-line chunks. Otherwise, I won't be able to see the rest of it. Um, 
I'm going to do is move on to the next thing that we're, we're going to be doing in this first call here. And what I'd like to do is do a quick overview of what we're going to be doing in the program. So the program is going to be consisting of 18 live group calls like this one. And in these group calls, I'll be doing some teaching, particularly at the first call of each module is typically where I'll be doing the teaching part, and then not so much in the other calls for that module. Uh, I'll answer questions. If people give me, you know, submit questions that feel too long to answer in an email or in the Facebook group, I'll save them for answering them here in, like usually at the beginning of each call. I'll answer any kind of backlog of questions. And then we're going to be doing healing sessions. And sometimes uh, I'll be leading kind of a, a more general group tapping, but most often I'll actually be working one-on-one -on -one with various people and everybody will be tapping along using a borrowing benefits process. And I'll be describing how the borrowing benefits process works for people who don't already know about that uh, just in a couple of minutes. So those are the group calls. The other thing is everybody is going to team up with a growth and accountability partner uh, from within the group. So you guys are, are going to find partners within the group. And it's one of the reasons why or, well, one of the reasons why we did introductions, aside from just getting to know each other, is as you, you know, in the Facebook group, as you read each other's introductions, you start to get to know each other, hear each other in the calls and things like that, you'll start to get a sense of who, who it feels right to partner with. And that might be because you share similar issues, or it might be because, you know, you just find each other's energy appealing, or whatever criteria you want to use is fine. Now, with our growth and accountability partner, there's going to be doing three different kinds of things with this person. One is you're going to be checking in with each other. Well, first of all, you're going to be meeting with each other a minimum of once a week. That's the commitment you make with your growth and accountability partner is you're going to meet by phone or Skype uh, once a week minimum. And when you meet, there'll be an accountability part. We will check in with each other to see, you know, did you do uh, the homework assignment, for instance, or the tapping assignments, things like that. And if the answer is yes, then you celebrate together, and that's great. Uh, if the, you know if the person says no, then just you know gently inquire. It's like okay, well, what happened that you weren't able to do that? And to bring that out in the open. You know, sometimes people just didn't have a chance to get to it. Sometimes there's an emotional discomfort with doing an exercise or homework. So, uh, you know, so there's that's sort of the accountability part. You'll also be there for each other for emotional support, and that can happen any time. Uh, you know, just you contact each other when you when you are feeling a need for emotional support, and you do that as you need it. And you're also going to be doing uh, tapping together, where I'm going to be giving you a you know guided tapping processes to do with each other. So you don't need to be EFT coaches for each other. Uh, there'll be a structured process that I'll provide. And she'll be doing that as well. So like I say, you'll have a commitment of meeting at least once a week. And if you want to, you can meet as many times a week as you like. But the once a week is a minimum. And the other thing we'll be doing, uh, and this applies to the gold participants, is the one-on-one -on -one sessions with me every other week. And uh, I've got good news for the gold people. I decided to increase the number of sessions to nine instead of eight. So that way, it'll actually be every other week. Since there's 18 weeks that I'll be present over the 20-week period, um, 
we'll actually have a session every other week. So we're going to have nine. Uh, and I, I decided to do that also because the first session, I have to do a, a complete family history with you before I can understand your situation well enough to do the healing sessions. So our first session will be a, uh, a family history, and then there will be eight healing sessions beyond that. So it will be a total of nine sessions together. All right. Now, I, ha I offer a free mini course that uh, I encourage everybody to read because a lot of the concepts that we're going to be using in three out of the six modules of the Soulmate Attraction Intensive are described in the mini course. And I give you a link to the mini course you know, in the uh, membership site. Everybody has access to this membership site that I set up for you all. And you should have received an email that had your login information. Uh, if you didn't, just let me know and I'll resend it to you. And you can log in and you'll find a lot of resources in there. Uh, and I'll be sort of publishing each module. Each time we get to the next module, I'll be right before we get to the module, like a week before the new module, I'll put up the new module and you can start accessing the material then. So um, anyway, like I say, I encourage everybody to read the mini course. It's just a it's set up as a series of seven emails, and you'll have access to them all at once. And you know, each email is like you know one or two pages long, so it's not super long. And it's got some inspiring stories in there that are fun to read, and it, it kind of provides a lot of the conceptual foundation for what we're all doing together. Now, I'll be teaching some of that as well, but uh, the mini course has there's time to go in a little more depth. Which brings us to module one. So today's call is the first call for Module 1, which is breaking free from being attracted to the wrong people. And as I talked about in the, in the mini-course and in the first video and in the webinar, uh, we, are all, we all tend to be attracted to people with the worst negative traits of our parents. That's why I gave you that homework assignment, which was to start writing down the top few negative traits of both of your parents. Don't just do the opposite gender one. You know, do the do both parents and the ones that are most important to address are the ones you've noticed have been showing up in your relationships. So I had somebody in, in the breakthrough program say that they actually had eighteen negative tra traits for their mother and eighteen negative traits for the father. So a total of thirty six negative traits. Pretty amazing, and they're wondering, you know, which ones to start with and which ones to do, and things like that. And the good news is, um, you're not likely to need to address, you know, every single negative trait that both your parents have. It's just that certain ones are the ones that uh, tend to show up in your relationships. Those are the ones you want to target. Those are the ones you want to heal. And that's usually going to be one, two, three traits, maybe four at the most for most people. Okay, so you're not going to be inundated. So uh, hopefully you've already done the homework assignment. If you haven't done the homework assignment yet of writing down, say, the top three negative traits of each parent, so a total of six, and then notice which ones you know have been showing up in your relationships, you, know, you want to do that as soon as possible because we're going to be using that throughout this module starting today in this call. So the one thing that was not covered in the webinar or in the mini course is exactly how 
we do the healing to break free from the negative attraction pattern. Okay, there's a particular way that we go about this, and that's what I'm going to talk about now. Now, first of all, before I do that, I'd like everybody to think of somebody in their life, either currently or in the past, who they know represents uh, their being attracted to the wrong people, that they have the same negative traits as their parents. And, you know, you know that this person is wrong for you, that it would be bad to be involved with this person, it's part of your negative pattern. And yet, in spite of your best intentions, you feel this gut-level attraction to this person. And, you know, they may be kind of currently in your life, you know, you might be dating them on and off or whatever, or you're resisting dating them, or it might be a past partner that even though you've broken up, you still feel this gut-level attraction to. So anybody where you feel is gut-level attraction, and you know they're the wrong kind of person. You may have more than one of those, but pick one, and ideally the one we feel the strongest gut-level attraction. And let go of your mind knowing it's wrong for the moment. Okay, Just feel your gut-level attraction to that person, and see how strong it is in a scale of 0 to 10. And like I say, forget your mental perception of, yes, this person is wrong, because your mind can kind of damp down that attraction, but it's still there. So just set your mind aside and just feel your gut-level attractions person and get in touch with that number and write it down. All right, so what we just did is we just found for you a reference person. Now, not everybody will will have a person like this, uh, which makes this a little harder, but that's still not a problem. This reference person is referen- or represents your negative attraction pattern. Uh, hopefully, believe it or not, your number was a high one, like 8, 9, or 10. That would be perfect. Because that means that this totally represents your pattern. And what you're going to do with this reference person is after every healing, and I'm going to be describing the healing next, after every healing session, you're going to check back in and see what your, your gut level attraction is to this person. And what you're going to notice is that your gut level attraction is going to keep going lower and lower. So you're, after one healing session, the eight might go down to a five or a six. After another healing session, you know, come down another couple points. And it'll keep coming down and down and down until you get to a zero. And what you'll notice when you get to a zero is not only are you no longer attracted to this person, but you even feel kind of an aversion, kind of like a yuck feeling. Like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> I'm not attracted to this person, and now I don't want to get anywhere near that person. What that means when you get to a zero, whether or not you feel the aversion, but when you're down to zero attraction, um, that means that you have broken out of that pattern. So that's really cool. And it's, that's why it's really nice to have this ref, reference person because that's when you know it's, it's clear that you've broken out of the pattern because you have zero attraction left for this person. Now, the one complication is if, you're, if you have a few negative traits you're attracted to and this person, if, well, if they have all, let's say you're a three, and if they have all three, you, know, you can heal one of the negative traits and you're still going to be attracted to this person because you have to address the other two still. Or in the, so it may you know take a little longer than you think it should take, but it's because you need to you know 
address each one of these negative traits. The other complication is sometimes, let's say you're attracted to three, and this person only has one or two of them. So you can no longer be attracted to this person, which represents not being attracted to those traits. But if there's a third trait that that person doesn't have, you might want to find another reference person for that trait. So I hope that makes sense. But the cool thing is, like I say, is that you know, once you stop being attracted to, one of these re to these reference people, then you can be confident that you have broken free from this negative attraction pattern. And at that point, you are basically done with Module 1. Or for those of you who watched the three phases of dating video, you're done, you're done with Phase 1 of your dating process. Okay. So how do we do the, the, the right kind of healing to break free from these negative attractions? Well, the way we do it is uh, by understanding what causes the negative attraction pattern to begin with. Okay. So what causes it is when, you, when a parent has a negative trait, and let me just pick an example of, let's say this parent is super critical. Okay. That's the negative trait. And so you find yourself being attracted to you know, critical partners. When a parent has a negative trait, two things happen. One, let's say you're five, you know, you're five years old and something happened and, you know, that's an ex and you're, you're, let's say as a father and your father was very critical of you. And this happened, you know, hundreds of times growing up, but we just pick a particular instance of it to talk about it. So in that moment when you were criticized, two things happen for you. One is you, you felt the pain of the negative trait, the pain of what just happened. Okay? And that pain is going to have a lot of negative impacts on how you feel about yourself. And you know, it's going to, first of all, it's going to hurt. You're going to feel hurt. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel, you might feel scared depending on what it is. You'll feel bad about yourself, which is shame. You have all sorts of negative feelings. You will you know, likely come to negative conclusions about yourself and, and the safety of relationships and things like that. But the other thing that happened is that there was the, the love that was missing in that moment. During the, the, when the parent was doing the negative trait, be, you know, on us essentially, right, being critical or being angry or being distant or whatever the negative trait was, there's the pain of what they did do, and then there's the good thing that was missing, which represents an unmet need on our part. So if, if the parent is critical, the, the good thing that was missing would be acceptance and appreciation, sort of the opposite of being critical, right? So there's this unmet need in that experience. And the unmet need is typically something more or less the opposite of the bad thing that they did. And this is where we get stuck, is that our inner child gets stuck on this unmet need. And this is what kind of creates the pattern of being attracted to people with the same negative trait, is that they, our inner child desperately wants our parent to fulfill that unmet need, right? Because it's, it didn't just happen once, remember. It happened hundreds of times over the, your whole childhood. So it becomes this sort of aching, unmet need that's never fulfilled. And our inner child gets very hooked into trying, I just desperately want my parent to meet this unmet need, to give me what I needed. And, of course, they never did because... That's the, because they had that negative trait. And so here we are as an adult with this unmet need, 
and our inner child is looking for that parent or somebody who represents that parent to finally fill, fulfill that unmet need. That's why we, it, it, so it's kind of like, you know, it's this, it's this kind of broken um, circuit in a way, right? That's why we get attracted people with the same negative trait because our inner child goes, oh, there's dad again. Now maybe I can finally get my need met. Okay. Now this is all subconscious, right? It's not like we're, we're consciously doing any of this. But our inner child is looking for a father figure or mother figure um, to finally meet that unmet need. And of course it never happens, right? Because we get attracted to somebody who reminds us of our parent, reminds our inner child of our parent because they have the same negative trait. And because they have the same negative trait, they're never going to you know, give us or fulfill our unmet need in that situation because they're just going to keep doing to us what our parent did. So the way we heal that is a three-step process. The first step is we want to work with our inner child using EFT to relieve the pain of what happened, the bad thing that happened. So whatever the bad thing was. So in this example, the parent being critical. Okay. So it helps. We want to start by getting relief from the pain. So that's kind of typical EFT. Now, if you just stop there, though, you would not be addressing this dynamic. That's why this is called a relational EFT, not standard EFT. Once you've gotten... Uh, a lot of relief from the pain of what happened, the pain of being criticized in this example. The next thing we want to do is we want to stand up for ourselves and let our parent, our internal parent now, because we internalize our parents when bad things happen to us, create like an, a sort of a, an internal representation of our parent that lives inside of us. We want to stand up to our parent and go, you know what, this is not okay. Treating me this way was not okay. What that does, this is a very important step, what that does is, I have to back up this step, when we're treated negatively, remember I said we end up feeling bad about ourselves and things like that, there are a lot of implied messages in negative behavior. So in the case of criticism, it's not even all that implied. They're, they're criticizing us. They're telling us there's something wrong with us, right? So we take in that message, there's something wrong with me. Or, for instance, if a distant parent, I notice a lot of people had distant or emotionally unavailable parents, the implied message when a parent is being emotionally distant is, I must not be very important or worthy of your love and attention. That's the implied message, right? So it kind of becomes a belief I have. We absorb these messages and, they, and then we make them part of ourselves, something that we believe about us, Right? Um, so every negative behavior has that kind of outcome where we kind of swallow down these implied messages. By standing up to our parent, we're going, we're kind of like spitting it back out again. Instead of swallowing it down, we're spitting it out and going, no, wait a minute, it's, this is not okay. You know, it's not okay that you criticize who I am. You know, it's not okay that you're emotionally distant. You're my, you're my mother, you're my father, you're supposed to love me, right? It's not okay that you're distant like that and not giving me your love and attention. So we use healthy anger. That's why it's important to watch the good anger versus bad anger and self-empowerment video. We're going to use healthy anger to stand up for ourselves and go, hey, not okay to treat me this way. 
That's part two of the healing process. Part three of the healing process, and sometimes we have to get that, do that, you know, put a lot of strength into standing up for ourselves, which initially can be very hard. Uh, but we kind of keep at it until we, we feel like, you know, we really we're able to get into it and do it. Then part three of the healing process is for our inner child to get their unmet need met, to fulfill our inner child's unmet need. Okay, so that's part three. And there's three different ways we can do that. One way is for our adult self to give to our inner child what she or he was needing that moment. And it's no mystery as to what they're needing because all I have to do is ask them what they're needing. You know, whatever they, they wish their parents had been, their parent had been doing in, at that time instead of the bad thing, that's what they were needing, right? So it's, it's not mysterious. So whatever they're needing, and if you're not, if you're not, if it's not obvious to you, just ask them. Ask her or him. You know, what, what, what would you like right now? What do you need? Okay. So our adult self can give to our inner child what she or he is needing. Another option is we can come up with an ideal parent. We can imagine uh, an ideal version of our mother or father and have our ideal parent give to our inner child what she or he was needing at that time. Okay? That's the second option. A third option, and this is, this is the hardest and best option. Right? So this is the most challenging one. If you can do it, it's great. The third option is to kind of like use a magic wand or something to imagine that your inner parent gets to go off and do all the healing that they need to heal their wounds <clears throat> that gave them that negative trait, right? People are not naturally emotionally distant, for instance. That something had to have happened to our, our parent for them to become that way. Or they're not, people are not naturally mean and critical, right? You know, if you look at kids, they're not, not, they're, they're not natural that way and, until things happen to them that kind of pushes them in that direction. So if you can kind of use a magic wand and imagine that your parent gets all the healing they need to truly heal their wounds so that they are now able to be loving in the way you wish they were, and then your reformed internal parent is then giving to your inner child, that's the best if you can do it. So that's really wonderful if, if you can do that. So there's three different options. Um, they're all good. And you just want to make sure you do at least one of those because that's what closes the loop. That's what fully resolves the issue is doing all three parts. First part, getting pain, uh, relief from the pain of what did happen, the bad thing that happened from the negative trait. Second part is to stand up to our parent and let our parent know that this is not okay. It's not okay to treat us this way, right, whatever they did. And then the third part is to give to our inner child what she or he was needing at that time, either from ourselves, our adult self, an ideal parent, or reforming our internal parent. Okay, so that's how we do the healing process. Now, how we do it in the bigger picture, so, that's how you, so essentially that's how you work with the memory. So then the question becomes, okay, what memories do we use? <clears throat> Typically, to break free from our attraction to any one negative trait, 
takes you, you need to heal approximately three to at the most five representative memories of the of your parent doing that negative trait. So, um, <clears throat> you know, when I work one on one with people, it, ten, it tends to only need about three. Um, working on your own for those who are, are working on your own, and even the people, the gold members, you're going to be doing a lot of work on your own as well. Um, maybe it takes four or five because it depends on how deeply and thoroughly you heal the memory, right? So sometimes when we work on our own, it might take a bit more, a few, you know, a couple more memories. But it doesn't take a lot, as you can tell. You know, it might only take you three memories and you're done. And you've then permanently, forever, for the rest of your life, broken free from being attracted to people with that particular negative trait, which is fantastic. It's amazing. So then the question becomes, okay, which three memories do we pick? Ideally, so the way I describe it is first and worst. Ideally, we find the earliest time we remember our parent doing that negative trait. Because our life issues are pretty much formed and in place by the time we're about seven or eight years old. Okay? So anything that happens after that is just reinforcing the pattern that's already been established. It's already in place within us. So ideally, we want to pick a memory that's you know less than seven or eight years old, you know three, four, five, six years old, that kind of age range. Try, so you try and find the youngest one. Once you've healed the youngest one that you can remember, then you want to do the next two should be kind of the worst case examples you can remember. And it's okay if those are a little older. Um, you don't want to go all the way to teenagehood because things are you know very solidly in place by then. So you still want to kind of stay under 12 if you can. Um, but that's the that's how you pick the memories to work on first, and a couple of the worst. And if it all goes well, after three memories, you're done with that trait. Okay, now you're gonna have to do that for each negative trait that you that's been showing up in your relationships. Um, but it's only three memories per trait, maybe four, or at the worst five. Okay. Now the one other thing that comes up for people, and I get this pretty regularly, is People say, I have a hard time remembering any examples of this at all from my childhood. Now, I remember stuff when I was a teenager because I was getting you know, close to adulthood by then. But you know, stuff that happened you know, like younger than 10, like I remember nothing. Uh, in fact, when I started therapy, that's what I told my therapist. I, I remember nothing below 12. Okay. So it's uh, understandable. Many of us you know, block out memories from that age range. Um, largely because there was painful stuff that happened back then. So here's how we handle that. You can effectively do the healing process even without specific memories because you can remember the scenario of the negative trait. right? Because they remember the parent did the same kind of thing over and over and over again. So there's a certain scenario that got followed, right? which <clears throat> involved a certain kind of thing happening that triggered the parent and then the parent uh, did what they did, which included saying certain kinds of things, saying it with a particular tone of voice, a particular facial expression, a particular emotional tone. You know, they might have been angry or contemptuous or distant or needy or, um, you know, whatever, you know, overly rational or whatever it was. Right? They they had their way of of doing what they did. And we can usually remember that. We can remember the scenario much easier than a specific memory. 
In fact, sometimes the memories just all kind of blend together. That's another thing that can happen. So what we do in that case is <clears throat> we remember the scenario, and then we go back to being five years old. We just remember being five years old, and you can do that by kind of closing your eyes and just kind of seeing the house you were living in at five, see your bedroom, you know, see the living room, see the kitchen, the kind of places you would tend to be, maybe the backyard or wherever. And once you get in touch with being five years old, um, then bring in that scenario. And you're sort of making up a memory in a way. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be super specific. It just has to be that I, be, I feel five and this is happening with my dad or my mom or whoever you're growing up with. Okay? And you use that as the memory. And that will still work just fine. Okay. That sort of covered all the bases at this point. So I want to see if anybody has questions about all this. And then after the questions, uh, we're going to do, I'm going to actually do a session with somebody, we're going to do it. Um, though before I do, sorry, I, I, forgot, I need to do one more thing before the questions. I need to describe the borrowing benefits procedure. So, so I just finished talking about how we do the healing process for each memory, and I described how we pick the memories we're going to work on and what to do when you don't have clear memories to work with. And now I want to t talk about the borrowing benefits, borrowing benefits procedure because we're going to be doing that on this call. So the way borrowing benefits works, uh, and I have an article about this uh, on my website, and there's a link to it in the Help with the Healing Sessions page. So when you log into the membership area, you'll see a page that talks about help with healing sessions, and it's going to talk um, about this whole procedure. But the ba basically, the way borrowing benefits works is you're going to do the following before every se uh, before either listening to me work with somebody or when you're doing it with your partner or things like that, or listening to recordings or whatever. First thing you do is you pick a memory that you want to heal. So we've already talked about how to pick a memory. So you're going to pick a memory. You're going to replay it in your mind. You are going to then assess on a scale of 0 to 10 how intense it is and write down that number. <clears throat> and you're going to give your memory a title. And then you are going to set it aside. Oh, sorry, wait a minute, I skipped a step. And then you're also going to get in touch with what you wish your parent had done instead of the painful thing they did do, which represents the unmet need. Okay? So we find a memory, uh, we replay it in our mind, rate its, rate its intensity, give it a title, and then also get in touch with what you wish your parent had done instead of the bad thing they did do. Then you set all of that aside, and then you tap along with the demo person, the person I'm working with. Or, in, you know, if you're listening to a recording, the person that I'm working with there, live, um, or with your partner. And you just listen, you know, join in with your partner or the demo person, you tap along with them, and you just say all the tapping words that they say. You don't try and relate it back to your memory. You don't try and modify the words to fit your situation. You just tap along. And periodically, we'll be checking in. I'll be checking in with the person I'm working with. You'll be checking in with your memory. And you'll notice that you're getting healing on your memory 
even though we're tapping on somebody else's experience. It's a strange and wonderful process, this borrowing benefits thing. Um, and we're not really sure why it works, but it does work amazingly well. Not every single, all the time, every single time, but it often works well, about 80% of the time. Um, and you'll get major benefits that way. Now, if you happen to share the same issue as the person I'm working with, then you'll get another benefit, which is called piggybacking, where you're sort of vicariously working on your issue while the other person is working on theirs. So that's, that's the other form of healing that you'll get. So you'll get at least one of those two. All right, so now I just gave, gave you guys a lot of information. And so now I'm open to questions. All right. Anda. Go ahead with your question. Hello. Uh, so you kind of said that we don't need to to think at all about our own memories. So we kind of just have to imagine what the other person is going through as we tap along, tap along on borrowing benefits. Well, first you do get in touch with your own memory. That's the first step of the borrowing benefits process is you, you, you pick your own memory that you want healing for. Yeah. Right. So you do this whole setup process, but then during the tapping, you you forget about your memory and you just focus on what the other person is, is yeah. saying. So, so it's we kind just of like kind of them. imagine like feeling what they're feeling or you know what comes up for us. Yeah. And you just and you just tap right. along with them. So you know I'll be guiding right. the tapping process. So I'll be mm-hmm. saying to the person I'm working with, you know, repeat after me. Even though whatever I deeply found love right. myself, and while they're repeating what I'm saying, you're also repeating what I'm saying. And ideally, so everybody can... will do it out loud. By the way, right? Uh, you also mentioned something about the piggyback writing that I kind of didn't follow. Can you quickly? Uh, yeah. So here's an example. It? Let's say you know I had that example of the critical parent. Yeah. Let's say I'm working with somebody who had a critical father, and you also had a critical parent. So right. you share the same experience, a similar experience, right? You both had critical yeah. parents. So in that case, you're going to be we call it piggybacking on that person's experience. You're you're sharing their experience, so it's going to be even more directly impactful for you because you had a similar experience. But we still ha- we still focus on what the other person is saying. Yeah. In that particular case, though, it's it's okay, it's more okay for your memory to kind of be on, in your attention too, um, because they're going to be very mm-hmm. similar to each other. You don't want to right. do it so much when your memory and the, the person's memory is really different, because then it gets confusing and distracting. Yeah. But you know, if one person, you know, if the person I'm working with, father or mother, you know, is very cri- critical in a very similar way to yours. It's kind of it's okay for them to kind of blend together a bit. Okay, thank you. Sure, very welcome. Okay, the so next person. Okay, go ahead. Hello. Yes, is it me? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, I, my question is about um, visualizing that person that at a gut level, they really did something to you. They're very compelling, right? You mean when you say did something to me? To I mean, you know, you fe- have feelings it. for someone who's not good for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I did have that, but I didn't get involved with him. 
But I know that that was a very high level. Now I haven't uh, seen him for like five months. But when you how how intense is your attraction as you? As it you, was high, like <laughs> nine right or ten. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, nine or ten. But I have to bring that back. I know that if I saw him again, I'd probably still have it. Yet I still, I still the last time I saw him felt a little disgust. Well, you might feel both. Yeah. <clears throat> because our mind can perceive the truth, right? Which is yes, and I knew he wasn't horrible. good for me. I right. knew he was terrible for me. But there is, it was so, he was so compelling. Exactly. That's what we want for a reference person. Right. Okay. The higher well, the number, I'm, the better, because that just is, would be that much more proof that you are no longer attracted to that kind of person. Yeah, except that I have to bring that feeling back to get to back to that high level, which yeah. I haven't felt because I haven't seen him. But, you, but if you do it, when you did it in this little exercise, did you feel it at a high level? No. In fact, I put down, I felt a three at the beginning when you were talking about it, and then I had to bring back the feelings of when I was seeing him. You know, just, I didn't get involved with him, but, you know, and then I I brought it up to like about a seven, but when I think about how I felt, it was probably a nine or a ten. Okay, so it's, it's, yeah, what we want to do is get in touch with how attracted we are today, not how attracted we were back then. Oh, okay, so I would say maybe a three. Right now, because I haven't seen him, I haven't but, thought of him. But if you if you picture him in your mind and you remember being with him, it, and you get in touch with it, yeah, I did feel it more strongly. Like yes, about very much so. Okay, well that's but that's what you're feeling today, and that's what we want. Oh, okay, so I would give it a seven, okay. um, just because I haven't, I was never involved with him, but no, I I, I still had that compelling feeling. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so seven's pretty good. Ideally, it'd be even higher. Yeah. Now, just because it'll be just that much more compelling when you get to zero. Yeah, but my, okay, my question is, you know, I don't need to see him again to do this exercise, right? No, no, you don't need to. And if I did see him again, would, you know, with me, it might bring it all the way to that high level again. And that actually would be good. Oh, <laughs> you it don't would. have to, but, oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Oh, all right, okay. We want to clear it. We don't want to oh, okay. suppress it. Yeah, you, well, you see, what, what happened it. is I would go a pla- to a place where I could feel it because it was so exciting to feel it, you know? Yeah, actually, that's not a bad thing to do at the beginning because okay. we're not trying to avoid these people or suppress our attraction. We're trying to heal our attraction. Yeah. Once you yeah. heal the attraction, you can go right up to him and give him a hug and you won't feel any positive. Oh, that won't be happening, but... Um. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? You can go, you I can do. go stand near but, him or yeah. whatever. <laughs> And you will feel, you know, zero attraction. Yeah, that would be nice. But, I mean, I, I know specifically where I can go and, you know, be in his presence, whether, yeah. you know, yeah. Do that, sure. Actually but do that, that. Yeah. At any rate, I was just curious about that because that was the last time, and I had not felt anything for anybody for so long Yeah. until that. Well, and that's what happens, too, is we get shut down. When, when things have been yeah. too long, we just start to shut down our, our right. romance center, you know? It's like, yes. oh, I give up, I forget this whole thing. Yes. Until yeah. somebody sneaks through our guard and then... It's yeah, been, and, yeah, yeah I knew, but I didn't get involved with him. I give myself credit for that. I didn't even yeah. try. Well, I give you credit for not getting involved with him. That's absolutely, uh, that's a wonderful thing. You, you, you chose not to do that. And you can use him as a great reference person. Because okay. Because attraction to him is intense. That's perfect. Okay. When your right. attraction to him is zero, you know you have arrived. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. All right, cool. You're welcome. All right, any other questions about the healing process?
So remember the three stages. Relieve, relieve, relieve the pain, stand up for ourselves, and then give our inner child what she or he was needing. Um, no questions about that? All right, then. Well, so we are ready for a first demo. So what I'd like everybody to do, though, before the demo, uh, well, anybody who wants to be the demo person I work with today, go ahead and it's going to, unfortunately, it has to be obviously a phone person. Um, you know, raise your hand by pressing star eight. And in the meantime, for those who don't want to do it, um, okay, so I have my volunteer. But before, I'm going to, I'm going to call, well, I'll go ahead and call on you so you're ready. Um, but uh, don't say anything yet. What I want everybody to do, and you do it too, is think of a memory. Uh, and I know I, you know, you may not be real quick to come up with one. Do the best you can. You know, you you can always come back and replay this audio. The audio will be available in about an hour after we end the call. Um, but pick a memory that represents one of your parents' negative traits ideally the worst one that shows up the most often in your relationships, and do the earliest memory you can remember today. Um, and I know you're on the spot, so you know, if it has to be a bit of an older one, that's okay for today. But pick a memory. So do, we're going to do the, first, the setup part. Replay the memory. Uh, I just, I'll say it all, and I'll give you space to do it. Replay the memory... Notice how intense it is on scale of 0 to 10. Give, write that number down. Give the memory a title. And then also think about what your inner child was wishing the parent did instead. Give you all a minute to think about that. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start working. Um, some people's processes are slow. Uh, my process is, me personally, I would have a hard time doing this as fast because I, my emotions move slowly. Uh, so you know, you can come back and listen to this recording, like I say, and take all the time you need to set it, set yourself up for it, and then do it then. And so, it, your name is is this Sue that I'm talking to? Susan. Hello. Me. This Sandy. Oh, Sandy, sorry. <laughs> I called you Stephen, now you called me Sue, so we're even. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Okay, Sandy. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to work with you. Okay. All right, so give me an idea of what happened in this memory. Um, my aunt had just come back from Paris, and she had brought me some wooden shoes, clogs, uh-huh. and we were sitting at the dining room table, and I was all excited because she got me a present. Uh-huh. So I went into, um, 
I don't know what happened. We got up from dinner, and I went into my parents' bedroom, and I was jumping on their bed. And my father got livid and came in and started screaming at me. He might have even hit me, too. Uh, okay. I can't so remember the, exactly. <laughs> so the negative trait, I assume, is you, you're attracted to men with anger issues? Yes. Okay, so one of the things I really want to point out to everybody, it's kind of cool actually we started with an anger issue one because there's such an important point about this. Because for all the people who had an angry parent, kids with, who grew up with angry parents get the mistaken feeling, and everybody should be tapping at this point. Everybody go ahead and start tapping. People who grew up with angry parents get the mistaken feeling that their parent was justified in expressing the anger. Okay. And they think, you know, maybe they shouldn't have gone overboard quite as much as they did and stuff like that, but they were justified. It is never okay for a parent to yell and scream at a child. Never, ever. Okay? At least if, you're, if you want to do healthy parenting. Healthy parenting does not include yelling and screaming at your child. Little kids do not know what's okay and not okay to do. Nobody's born knowing these things, right? Part of raising a child is socializing a child, which means you let the child know what is and is not okay. When a child does something that's not okay to do, they don't know that they're doing something that's not okay to do. So the way you deal with that is you stop the child. You, get, you don't want to be intimidating to your child, because intimidation is, is, is damaging, right? Children need to feel love and acceptance and protection by their parents, not be afraid of them. What you do is you get down to their level. So they're, they're little, you kneel down, so your eyes are at a similar level to theirs. And then you calmly explain that doing such and such, like jumping on the bed, is not okay, and this is what I need you to do instead. And sometimes what I need you to do instead is just simply not to do that. Or sometimes, like if you're running in the house, I need you to walk instead of run, stuff like that. So you explain clearly the behavior, and you let them know that this behavior is not allowed, right? This behavior is not okay. This is what you need to do differently, if there is one. And simple as that. Most of the time, that's all a child needs, is just a calm, clear description of what was wrong that they did, and what they should do differently instead. If you've done that a number of times and the child continues to do the thing, you know, then we would use you know, certain kinds of corrections like timeouts where you take the child, you have it sit the child in the corner, facing the corner for a certain number of minutes equal to the number of years old they are. You say, okay, you're going to sit in the corner. You're five years old. Okay, you're going to sit in the corner five minutes. And that's sufficient. You don't need to yell and scream. You do not need to uh, hit or anything like that. The problem with yelling and screaming is that it's scary, it's intimidating, it feels violent, and anger has the energy of rejection to it. Okay, one of the important tenets of healthy parenting is to, is to never make the child wrong, to, to communicate that a behavior might be wrong, but, but the child is not wrong. When you yell at a child, the unspoken message is that you're not okay with me. You, you as a child, is not okay with me, rather than what you're doing is not okay with me. 
I mean, obviously what you're doing is not okay with me too, but it goes beyond that. The unspoken message with anger, especially yelling anger, and also cold, contemptuous anger is the other kind, is that you, as a child, are not okay with me. And that's not okay. Does this all make sense? Yes. Okay, good. And I just want everybody to really get that. It is never okay to yell and scream at a child. And same with hitting, which just takes it that much further. It's never okay. All right. So what we're going to do, armed with that knowledge, so jump on the bed. Okay, that was not okay to do. It needed a correction. But it was not okay to yell and scream. And it was very painful to be yelled and screamed at like that. Yes. So what we want to do is ask your inner child what she was feeling or remember what you were feeling as... Fear and terror. Fear and terror. And what else in addition to fear and terror? Shame. And shame, exactly. Remember I said that anger has the unspoken message, you're not okay with me. And when a child gets that message that they're not okay with their parent, then they they feel like, okay, I'm not okay. Right? They conclude, Mm -hmm. I'm not okay. And that's what shame is. Shame is a feeling that there's something wrong with us, that we're not okay. Mm -hmm. So, right. All right, so we're going to start working on that. And everybody tap along. And remember to repeat uh, what Sandy says, not your own memory. So even though I'm feeling terrified by my father's yelling, repeat out loud after me. Are you still there, Sandy? Yes. So go ahead and repeat what I said. Even though I feel terrified by my father's yelling. Even though I feel terrified of my father's yelling. And his intense anger. And his intense anger. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. Even though he's making me feel like there's something wrong with me. Even though he's making me feel like there's something wrong with me. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. With kindness and compassion. With kindness and compassion. Even though I'm terrified of his scary anger. Even though I'm terrified of his scary anger. And I'm feeling bad about myself. And I'm feeling bad about myself. Like I'm not okay. Like I'm not okay. Deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I honor these feelings. And I honor these feelings. Good. Okay, now tap into all your points. I am right now. I've been doing it. Okay. Um <clears throat> So I'm going to start narrating a bit what happened leading up to it. Okay. Okay. And just repeat every single thing I say. Okay. Okay. Uh, my aunt brought me back a present from her trip. My aunt brought me back a, a present from her trip. And I was so excited. I was so excited. I was so thrilled to get this present. I was so thrilled to get this present. It made me happy and joyful. It made me happy and joyful made me so happy I couldn't contain myself. It made me so happy I couldn't contain myself. Remember, everybody's moving point to point with each thing we say. Yeah. That I went into my parents' bedroom. So I went into my parents' bedroom. 
and started jumping on the bed. And started jumping on the bed. To express my joy. To express my joy. And I was having a wonderful time. <laughs> and I was having a wonderful time. It was so fun to jump on the bed. It was so fun to jump on the bed. Until all of a sudden, Daddy came in. Until all of a sudden, Daddy came in. And he started screaming at me. And he started screaming at me. He's so angry. He's so angry. He's terrifying. He's terrifying. So scared. I was so scared. He is so scary. It was so scary. He is terrifying me. He is terrifying me. All this fear. All this fear. His his face looks so scary. His face looks so scary. He's scaring me so much. He's scaring me so much. All this fear. All this fear. It's so scary. It's so scary. He's so scary. He's so scary. That angry look on his face. That angry look on his face. He feels so violent. He feels so violent. I'm afraid he's going to hurt me. I'm afraid he's going to hurt me. All this fear. All this fear. So scary. So scary. All this fear. All this fear. He's so scary. He's so scary. All this fear. All this fear. All this fear. All this fear. And. And. He's acting like I'm such a bad kid. He's acting like I'm such a bad kid. He's treating me like I'm such a bad kid. He's treating me like I'm such a bad kid. Makes me feel bad about myself. It makes me feel bad about myself. Makes me feel like I'm a bad little kid. It makes me feel like I'm a bad little kid. Makes me feel like I'm not okay at all. It makes me feel like I'm not okay at all. It makes he's making me feel bad about myself. It's making me feel bad about myself. Feeling so bad about myself. Feeling so bad about myself. Feeling like I'm not okay. Feeling like I'm not okay. But there's something wrong with me. Like there's something wrong with me. Make, he's making me feel so bad about myself. He's making me feel so bad about myself. Like I'm this horrible little kid. Like I'm this horrible little kid. This anger and yelling makes me feel so bad about myself. This anger and yelling makes me feel so bad about myself. Makes me feel like I'm such a terrible child. It makes me feel like such a terrible child. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea I was doing something so bad. I had no idea I was doing something so bad. But I must have been doing something terrible. I must have been doing something terrible. Because he's so mad at me. Because he's so mad at me. It must be because I'm a bad kid. It must be because I'm a bad kid. Never occurs to me. And it occurs to me. No, it never, never occurs, occurs to me. To me. Okay. <laughs> it never occurs to me. It never occurs to me. That the problem could be with him. That the problem could be with him. I figure that I must be a terrible kid. I figure I must be a terrible kid. As as any young child would in my situation. 
as any young child would in my situation. And it never occurs to me. And it never occurs to me. That the problem is with him. Is, that the problem is with him. Good. Everybody take a deep belly breath. Okay, Sandy, I want you to check in with your inner child and with yourself and see okay. how, and how you're feeling now. Better. Better? Yes. Um, how, so where are you at? A lot better? Maybe like a five to a three. And I started, I put five because I wasn't, I remembered it, but I wasn't feeling the the feelings as much, you know. Full intensity? Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. it get in, more intense at some point during the tapping process? Than you well, when you said he's so mad, and I remember that um, when he would get mad, one of his cheeks would go in and out. Yeah. It's just a memory. Yeah, then it got more intense? Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you feeling it right now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I always knew he was super mad when that happened. Yeah. Okay. So like, you can see how his face is showing you how mad he is, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's keep tapping. Okay. I can see how mad he is in his face. See how mad he is in his face. So mad in his face. So mad in his face. Cheek is going in and out. His cheek is going in and out. So mad. So mad. So mad. Yeah, so scary. So scary. See how mad he is. See how mad he is. Terrifying. Terrifying. See how mad he is in his face. See how mad he is in his face. Face looks so mad. His face looks so mad. And his tone of voice is so angry. And his tone of voice is so angry. I hate hearing him yell. I hate hearing him yell. I hate hearing that tone of voice. I hate hearing that tone of tone of voice. I hate seeing the way his face looks. I hate seeing the way his face looks. It's so scary and I hate it. It's so scary and I hate it. I hate seeing him so mad. I hate seeing him so mad. So terrifying. So terrifying. So horrible. So horrible. So yucky. So yucky. I hate it, hate it, hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Okay, take a deep belly breath. I feel better. Feel better? Yeah. Good. Okay, so now I want you to check in with your inner child and ask her the following question in your mind. Does this seem okay that he's doing this? Is this fair? No. The answer is no, right. So we are now going to move to stage two, right, the second part of the healing process, which is we're going to stand up to him. Okay. Now we're going to make it safe for you and for everybody else because we're going to use our magic wand to paralyze him so he cannot move or speak. Okay. And we're also going to to use our magic wand to shrink him down until he's only two feet tall, like a large doll. Okay. Okay. So he's much less intimidating. I mean, he's so small that she could just pick him up and throw him across the room if she wanted to, right? Yeah. All right. Does that make it easier to be able to oh, yeah. express her feelings? Yeah. Okay. So now you and she, using the same voice, are going to express your feelings to him, and you're going to let him know that that it's not okay to treat you this way. Don't In a tapping way? or just Yeah, you're going to keep t- no. No stopping your tapping. Everybody okay. keeps tapping no matter what. Okay. 
until we get to the very end of this process. And I'll, okay. I'll, I'll say when it's okay to stop tapping. Okay. Okay. So everybody keep tapping. And so while you're tapping, and everybody repeat everything that Sandy says, I want you to all say, it is not okay that you treat me this way. It is not okay that you treat me this way. It is not fair. It is not fair. It is not right. It is not right. A loving parent would not do this. A loving parent would not do this. And you are my parent. And you are my parent. It's not okay that you treat me this way. It's not okay that you treat me this way. And it's making me mad. And it's making me mad. And and all we're going to do is keep repeating what I just said. But we're going to try and get louder and louder. Okay. So that you've more fully, fully, fully expressed the feeling, the anger. Okay. This is you standing up for yourself going, it is not okay that you treat me this way. It is not okay for you to treat me this way. Good. Even louder. Same thing. Okay. Go ahead. It is not okay for you to treat me this way. Again, even louder. It is not okay for you to treat me this way. Everybody, even louder. It is not okay for you to treat me this way. If you're, by the way, for everybody else, if you're in a room where you cannot yell, yell in your head. Again, even louder. It is not okay for you to treat me this way. Right. And I'm really mad at you. And I'm really mad at you. And it's not okay to treat me this way. And it's not okay to treat me this way. And it makes me so mad. And it makes me so mad. Draw it, draw it out like I did. It makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Good. And it's not okay. And it's not okay. All right. That was fantastic. How do you feel, Sandy? Good. <laughs> Does that feel good? Uh-huh. All right. Now, notice for everybody else, keep tapping everybody, Sandy was able to get there, which is actually quite impressive for the first try. And not everybody's going to be able to do that. In fact, the norm is to not be able to do that. For, so for the rest of you who are aware that you're still very much holding yourself back and expressing this anger, this healthy standing up for yourself anger, and you felt like you really couldn't get into it like as much as Sandy did, that's normal. The more you do this, though, the better it will get. But just notice how good it felt to Sandy when she got there. For people who are having a hard time fully expressing their anger, they'll tend to feel super uncomfortable and not feel good yet. But when you get to the point where you're able to express it without holding back, and because it's scary to express your anger, that's why we hold back, um, they'll feel great. Would you say it felt great, Sandy, to do that? It did. <laughs> yeah. Usually people say, like, not just good, but like, wow, it felt amazing, <laughs> it felt wonderful, it felt great, it's like awesome, things like that. Yeah. Okay. When you get to the point, you've, you've done it. You know, that, you, that's when you know that, okay, I did enough. It feels okay. good. Okay. Okay, okay good. Perfect. And for the rest of you, just just be patient and be compassionate with yourself. It's, it's hard the first time. And I predict at least half of you were not able to, to do it as far as Sandy was able to do it. So then that's perfectly okay. And it'll get easier, I promise you. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the third part. Okay. So what does your inner child wish your father had done instead? Understood that I was just excited. Uh-huh. That's right. And so what we're going to do, one of the things I'd like to do to help undo the damage is I'd like to have somebody, ideally him, apologize uh-huh. for his bad behavior. Okay. So we're going to use our magic wand okay. to heal your father, your internal father. 
Okay. Okay. He was probably yelled and screamed at when he was a kid. Uh-huh. That's why he does it as an as an adult. We tend to do what was done to us. You know, we tend right. to do as parents whatever was done to us as a child. That's the sad part of the human condition. We do that. So we're, we're going to do is we're going to give we're going to use the magic wand so he can go get all the healing he needs from the way he was treated as a child and all the you know yelling and screaming that he received as a child. So that he doesn't feel any need to do that anymore. Okay. And we're using our magic wand. He is all the time he needs to do that healing. Okay. Okay? If it takes him weeks to do it, however long he needs, he gets all that time. Because he's like in a different time dimension during this healing process. Right. Okay? So now he comes back from his healing experience. And now I want you to just play him and Uh apologize as him to your young self. And do two things when you in the apology. Apologize for what you did uh-huh. and reassure her that she wasn't a bad kid. It wasn't her fault. That Like, own it. Like, you know, this is me because I was yelled as a kid. I did it to you, and I'm so sorry. And you were not a bad kid. You, you know, you did not deserve to be yelled at like that. Right? There was nothing wrong with you. Right. And I apologize. So go ahead. And you want me to say that out loud? Do all that out loud to your inner child. Okay. And everybody... Um, all right. It's going to be a little tricky, so pause after each thing you say so people can repeat what you just said. Okay. Okay. Sandy, I want you to know that I've spent a lot of time trying to understand why I yelled at you like that, and I was so angry at you, and I realized that I was just repeating what my parents had done to me when I was a child. And I understand now that you were just excited and very happy and and I had no business yelling at you like I did. Because you're a good child. And, and you I'm deserve so to be sorry. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm Everybody so else, sorry. just receive it. Just receive what you're hearing Sandy say. Don't okay. even don't even try and repeat it. Just receive it as if she's your parent. Yeah. Okay. So good. Just do the apology part again. I you am so do... sorry I got so mad at you. It was you not okay. You didn't deserve it. Yeah, it was not okay I did that. It was not okay that I did that. And I love you very much. I love you very much. And you are such a good child. And you're such a good child. I'm so sorry I yelled at you like that. I'm so sorry I yelled at you like that. I love you very much. I love you very much. You are so special to me. You're so special to me. And I am glad you were born. And I am very glad you were born. <sighs> okay. Take Everybody take a deep belly breath. Keep tapping. How does that feel to your inner child? It feels great. Okay, good. Now, here's something I want you and everybody else to do. is I want you to all see your inner child and gather your inner child into your arms and say, I am here for you. Everybody, I am here for you. Good. I love you. I love you. You are totally okay with me. You are totally okay with me. 
And I'm here for you. And I am here for you. I love you. I love you. Good. How's that feel? Great. Great. Okay. So what's your memory now, 0 to 10? Maybe a 1. Okay, good. So we pretty much got it all. Yeah. Okay. Okay, everybody else. Now's the time to check in your memory and check in with your memory. Replay it in your mind and notice how intense it is now. And at the end, write down your new number. And also, make sure to give to your inner child what she or he was needing, if it was different than what Sandy got. Though some of it was universal, yeah, as you can tell. Basically, love and acceptance. Okay, so I'd like to uh, get some, well, first of all, just how was that for you, Sandy? Let me just check in. How was this whole experience for you? It was really good. Really good? Yeah, very good. Okay, good. And thank you for being brave to be the very our first person. <laughs> Fantastic. My, my pleasure. <laughs> very happy you did that. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and mute you, and I'm going to check in with some other people okay. and see uh, what some other people's experiences are. So go ahead and press star 8 or type a chat message um, to uh, share your experience and see where people are at. Um, this first call, you notice we're, we're at an hour and 37 minutes. Um, our calls won't normally be this long, <laughs> but the first one, I just want to make sure that I had time for everything plus um, you know, time for a full demo and everything. Okay, you're unmuted. Go ahead. Hello? Yep, that's you. Yes, hi. Um, Who so, is it? Uh, this is Sandra. Oh, hey, Sandra. Hi. Um, so it was uh, anxiety producing for me. <laughs> okay. I felt, yeah, I felt uh, a lot of, uh, like, anxiety in my body going through it. Which which part was anxiety producing? Um, just you know, trying to conjure up a memory that was unpleasant, and then you know I have a lot, so I I wrote out many before the call, and I just picked one. Oh, okay. Good. And um, yeah, so I mean, it was good to do, but I I did feel I could feel that in my body, like in my stomach area. That's usually where I carry it. Okay, from from beginning to end, or at a particular point, like during the anger um, part, or. I think it was kind of, you know, when we were doing the screaming out. I'm actually at work, so I can't scream out. But um, I was when we were doing the screaming out part, I was, like, mentally screaming out. Uh-huh. And I I started to kind of tear up. And then I thought, okay, I can't do that right now here. So I didn't. Um, and uh-huh. and so um, it released some of that. But I I wrote down a 5-6 on mine. Um, and I'm, I think I'm still at a five. I mean, that was the number that came to me. So I feel that maybe it just, it it just shows that I need to go, I need to work on this memory some more. Yeah. One of the things is, um, sometimes we need more time. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, uh, everybody's going to have a different experience and each person, so each person will have a different experience and also 
even the same person will have different experiences at different times, right? So this is our first one. The first one tends to be the hardest because, um, you know, as we're kind of we're kind of opening the door to all of our feelings. You know, I mean, we're we're trying to heal a particular memory, but we're really kind of opening the door to everything, right? And it sounds like that may have been what was going on for you. Is that is that possible? Yes, I think so. I have a long list. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and what people will find in in that situation, where there's a lot of stuff to deal with, is at the very beginning you feel you kind of like you're stirring the pot. But as you successfully heal memories, things will start calming down because your your whole psyche, your whole system, will feel very comforted by having resolution uh, on you know memory after memory. Like after you just do a couple memories, your the rest of your system will kind of calm down and you won't feel so anxious. You'll feel like, ah yes, I'm making progress. This feels good. I'm feeling more safe because I okay I got good resolution on the, on the last memory we worked on and. So it, it, you, you stop having that really anxious feeling, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen within there, things like that. Can I ask one other question related? Yeah. Um, it also brought up for me, I'm a parent, and um, I was identifying with what um, Sandy was saying about her anger with her parents and the angry parent that I ha- parents that I had and then how I've been angry um, with my son, and it was really um, hard to hear that because I thought, oh, well, I'm not intentionally doing that, but I'm doing it too. And so that was helpful to to make those connections where I've been thinking more about, oh, look what my parents did to me. And then I see, well, wait, I'm doing, I don't do it frequently, but I'm, I do it, you know, I still do it. And so that was really good to hear and that you're some of the things you said were helpful. Yeah. Um, just about, you know, it's never okay to yell or scream at a child, ever. Right. That's true. And sometimes we slip and we do it anyway. And it's very healing for the child to go back and apologize. <clears throat> right. Unless, unless we keep do. doing that over and over again. <laughs> then right. we stop believing it. do that, yeah. <clears throat> so, and one of, the, one of the cool benefits you're going to get from this program, and everybody's going to get who are currently parents, is that your parenting is going to get healthier. Just like we kind of used our magic wand to help heal Sandy's father so that he stopped being such an angry father, um, that's actually going to happen for you. So whatever inclination you have to yell at your kids because you had angry parents who yelled at you, as you heal that, um, you're going to feel zero inclination to yell at your children. Mm-hmm. You're, and you're going to feel way more patient. That's kind of a cool well, side thing. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, good. So hang in there with the rest of it. Um, you know, keep work when you're working on your own memories. Keep working on that memory until you feel full relief. You know, so your homework assignment will be to continue working on the memory you were started until you get it down to zero. Any any memories you leave half done is kind of stirring the pot and leaving you kind of emotionally agitated. And it's true for everybody. If you did not finish a memory, come back to it and keep working on it. Don't just go, well, okay, I got I made some progress on memory, I'll and I'll work on another one. Bring every memory down to zero or at the worst one like Sandy got to. So you get, you know, zero or very, very close. Ideally zero. All right. So thank you so much, Sandra. And uh anybody else have a question or a comment or or anything, press star eight or type a chat message. Oh, here's a chat message. 
Um, I had a good experience. I am in a cafe, so I shouted in my head at my dad, feel better now and need to go soon. All right? Um, we're going to be ending very soon, just probably a few more minutes. Uh, let me give, you, let me give uh, everybody their homework assignment for anybody who has to leave before we're quite done. So your homework assignment is to replay this audio, uh, the last part, the tapping session part that we did, um, and start working on some of your memories. Okay, you're not gonna have, you don't have an accountability partner yet or a, a tapping partner yet, so you're going to be doing it on your own for this week. Um, but continue to reuse that the end bit, end part of this recording, to um, work on some more memories, and just keep repeating the memory until it gets to zero. And you can even pause if you feel like we're moving past the, the releasing the pain part too soon. Um, pause the audio and just keep tapping on your own personal pain until uh, uh, until you release it enough, and then move on to the next part. Oh, another person. So anyway, so that's your homework assignment. Work on some more memories. The more that you can do this, um, you know, between now and our next call, the further along you'll be. Module one, you know, clearing these blocks or being attractions to the wrong people is four weeks. We're going to have four weeks to do it, but if you just do it during our, our calls, that's not going to be enough. You're going to want to work on memories uh, in between and stuff. So that's your homework assignment between now and next week. Work as, memory, as many memories as you have time for between now and then. Um, let's see. So Lewis was uh, recommending a book on Amazon called The Whole Brain Child 12 Revolutionary Strategies to Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, let's see. Oh, another person was saying, oh, Carolyn was saying, I remember my mom screaming at me when I got lost. This was so helpful. Okay, cool. I'm glad it was really helpful, Carolyn. That's wonderful. Um, oh, and we have another phone person. Hey, Jackie. Hi. Hi. I'm, I just want to apologize to everyone for missing most of this call. I really wanted to be here, but it didn't work out. <laughs> um, okay, and the good news is that the call is recorded. So yeah, that's so great. I'm glad. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a critically important call, so you definitely want to listen to the recording because I taught the whole process about how you want to heal your memories to break your negative attraction pattern. So okay. Did you do the tapping part, though? Were you there for that part of the call? Um, I just <laughs> found it really hard to, to, to jump in. Uh-huh. It was, you know, it's only been the last, like, 20 minutes or so, and uh-huh. I didn't want to... I felt like I hadn't set everything up like I should, you know, the karate top thing and all that. So I didn't know if it was going to work. Because <laughs> uh, I've never, like, doing the group tapping, I'm not familiar with with that as much. Right, yeah. You missed the whole explanation of how that works. Yeah, um, I, miss, I missed too much. So I was just kind of listening in. That's but funny. I could, you know, I could relate. I could feel emotion coming up just from from what was going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's um, that's fine. So you just you know you just listen to recording and you'll get everything. Yeah, I think my biggest struggle through all of this is that so much of my childhood is just a blank for me. Like there's so few memories, and the ones that I do remember have only come up in you know not all that long ago in my life. And uh-huh. and when I look back at my childhood, 
at one point I would just look back on my childhood and I would just want to wipe wipe it all out. I wouldn't I didn't want to go there and I didn't want, I just wanted it to be erased because it was such I just called it bad. It just was bad. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have that experience and I actually I talked about that very thing earlier in the call. But okay, I won't waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just uh, no, I'm just saying that to so you'll know that I talked about that and, and what to do with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good to know. And I'm glad you jumped in. You know, I understand you feel bad you missed a lot of the call, but I'm glad you jumped in and said something so we can hear you. And, and yeah. I think, you know, to be honest, and I think I need to be honest about this and saying this, why, why I wasn't on the call. Okay. And for me, this is a huge thing because I'm very committed to what I do and I always want to be there and, and, and be involved, but I actually could not wake up. I've been so... I have a lot of health issues, and I've been so um, I've been so focused in on all of this in my obsessive way that I do, and and I and I actually am usually up all night, and I sleep in the day. My you know there, a lot of things aren't right in my life that way, and so I was so exhausted um, that my alarm was going off for like two hours straight, and I had no memory of even turning the this news thing off. I was that exhausted. And it's that's very unusual for me. <laughs> and so I just got up and I was in a panic and I'm like, oh, I can't believe this happened. Like, I can't believe this happened. And the first thing I wanted to do is just berate myself that I had done this. And then I thought, no, you know what? I'm just going to be honest about where I'm at in my life right now. And that even these very basic issues like my sleep and my eating and all those things are really a struggle for me. And um but I'm but I'm going to I'm going to catch up by listening to the group therapy so <laughs> the group session that I missed. But I just wanted to say I'm sorry cuz I really did want to be there. Yeah, it's it's really okay. And I'm guessing that you probably tend to be hard on yourself. And there's reasons for that from your childhood and it's not your fault. Yeah. And I just encourage you to have compassion for yourself. And it's, it is not uncommon. Um, this happens a lot for me when I have a new client and we're having our first session. And a part of them is, you know, you're really excited to be finally getting help for the thing they're dealing with. And another part of them is scared to be facing this stuff. And a lot of times I have a horrible night's sleep, <laughs> you know. So our very <laughs> first session I'll say, so how are you doing? They go, oh, I'm exhausted. I slept three hours last night and you know, things like that. Yeah. So that's normal. I guess and, uh, you're probably that, not the only one. Yeah, because there were days before this came up where I was so low and like so down about it all. I just wanted to give up, and and then yesterday I was really positive, and I was going in the group and and communicating with people, and it felt so good and exciting. And then then I was just so exhausted that I didn't even wake up in time. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that's that's normal. Believe it or okay. not, good to know. <laughs> normal. And, uh, oh. you know. So, um, somebody, let's see, one person wrote uh, that it sounds like self-sabotage and to please be kind to yourself. You will get there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, basically the same stuff we were saying. It says, it's, it's uh, do be kind to yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. And, you know, it's unintentional self-sabotage, right? Yeah. And it's okay. It's truly okay. 
And so actually this reminds me. Um, another another thing, thing I'd like you guys to all do, is since I can't talk to everybody, is I would love for people to share in the Facebook group your experience from the first call, including difficulties. You know, not just I'm not just looking for people to go, oh, it was great, da da da. You know, share your experience, good, bad, different, whatever. You know, share. Just I encourage everybody to share in the Facebook group um, what their experiences were like. So, but you, Jackie, are very welcome in this group, and you're going to get the, the healing that you want and need. Okay. How are you, how are you doing? I'm just really emotional. Yeah. Just, Hope you're just, Yeah, it just showed me how, I think, how really hard I am on myself. Yeah. And that's because one of your parents was hard on you. Yeah, they were. Yeah. See, we all tend to do to ourselves what our parents did to us, good or bad. If our parents were loving, then we're loving to ourselves. If our parents were hard on us, then we get hard on ourselves. You know, we absorb whatever is done to us, and then we do it to ourselves. And, and that's I never realized that part of my life. I just thought that was just, I was just driven, and that's who I was. I didn't connect it to my past. It's interesting. Yeah, that's how we all work. That's that's. Um, At least that aspect of it. I could see it in other areas of my relationships, but not in this part of it. Yeah. So I, I appreciate being becoming aware of that now. Yeah. So that's exactly it. Actually, that reminds me of another, another teaching moment, but I, I will save it for next week. This call is getting very long. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and mute you. And again, welcome. Thank you. Okay, so um, I don't have time to talk to more people on the call. And like I said, I just encourage you all to share your experiences from this call in the Facebook group so we can kind of continue the dialogue there. And uh, look forward to you guys uh, being with you in the next call. I'm going to resend the email with the call info. Uh, I really apologize for messing up on the call ID. Um, I'm really sorry about that mistake I made. Um, so, but it will be right from now on. I will definitely fix that. And I'll see you guys in the group and on the, uh, on the uh, next call next week. Talk to you then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>